0: i okay. Okay, so let's start this over. Hello and welcome to all of our nappers out there. Thank you for tuning in to Nap Time. My name is Bonka, and I'm very excited to be your host tonight for the second episode of this livecast. This series is brought to you by the DC chapter of the National Association of Asian American Professionals, or NAP for short. The purpose of this series is to empower our members and our community to have real vulnerable conversations where we can discuss real-life issues unpack why these issues matter, and how we as allies can be more intentional about the actions that we take to make positive change for our communities. So today our topic is going to cover the, uh, about being politically correct, being PC. Should we be using BIPOC? Person of color, color person, or colors? What is PC? So to help us unpack this important topic, we have two wonderful human beings who are gonna join us uh, and share their thoughts, their experiences and opinions on this important topic. So today we are joined by Hals Cam and Mila Deschamps. Hello to you both. Thank you so much for joining us. I so sincerely apologize for being uh, technology challenged. <laughs> so again, how are you, how are the both of you
1: doing today? Bog, don't worry, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, I'm well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Of course, thank you for joining us. Hi Mila.
2: Hi, Brian. Hi, holders. Thank you for having us. And don't worry about the tech issues. <laughs> it happens all the time. All the time. <laughs> and probably probably the universe was saying, restart over again. So, no, thank you. <laughs> thank you for hosting this.
0: Of course. Of course. And I so agree, greatly appreciate uh, the love here. So, again, thank you for joining us today. We have a very important topic that we are here to discuss. But before we get into any of that, We did want to take a moment to acknowledge the horrific murders of the eight human beings on tuesday in atlanta six of these victims identified as asian asian american and this this has just really shaken the aap community to its core and people are afraid people don't know what to do don't know what to say people are just scared so i wanted to take a moment to just uh, open up the floor to see how the both of you are doing with the recent news.
1: Yeah, it's it's um, really sad and, and I will say is it's not only just shaking up the AA community, I think it's really shaking up, you know, um, the world in many different ways. Um, it's, you know, it's 2021 and we're still dealing with hate crimes. I mean, it's it's sad. It's so sad um, that we're dealing with with this, um, I will say that um, it saddens me. I, I actually remember having I had a conversation with a bunch of people actually recently, and talking about mm-hmm. it and talking about the perspective of um, of race, with, with excuse me, the perspective of culture, and also the perspective of, of the type of work you know these ladies were doing too. So again, um, you know, we don't want to discredit any of those things. These are humans mm-hmm. that were killed, you know, because of their race and even maybe what they did. So yeah. it's really sad. Thank you for sharing.
0: Sure. Mila, any thoughts from you?
2: Yeah, it's I feel very drained, emotionally drained. I feel mentally drained, physically drained. We talk about mental health when something does detriment happens, it really takes a toll on you. I have dealt with racism all my life, right, Like I'm an immigrant, I've lived in different parts of the world, I'm an Asian, just seeing that from a global lens and then coming to the US and then seeing that from an American lens and to Hollis's point it's 2021 and we're still dealing with these Dehumanizing, demonizing acts it, mm. the API community, are, and I'm just disgusted and disappointed that how much people lack empathy, love, and even understanding of each other as humans. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you both so much um, for sharing your your thoughts and your experiences in, in this. And it's I think it's so very important for us to take that time to really unpack this because I mean, this really has shaken up everybody. I mean, this is scary to, to know that any at any moment, your loved ones, yourself, like things could just end because of whatever reason. So again, thank you so much for, for sharing. So for today's topic, um, again, a very important topic about being politically correct. So uh, on a personal note, I, I work with a lot of college students and a lot of high school students. And um, a lot of times I, I get asked questions about what to say, what not to say, because as people are transitioning, as these young humans, uh, young people are transitioning into college or into the workforce, they, they want to be the good leaders that they um, seek to be. They want to be allies and advocates. And a part of that is saying the, say, saying the right things or knowing what to say. So my question for the both of you is again, from what I've gathered, is that people are very confused by the terms BIPOC, person of color, color person. Just in general, what are your thoughts on these terms?
1: Um, you know, it's it's. I guess we have to look at you know where each term came from, when did it start, when it became popular, what was going on, um, what's going on now. And knowing that things are ever changing, <clears throat> and um, if you look back in history, I mean, actually, um, if you look back in history, like there's certain terms that were popular at certain moments, and and I guess I'll, I could talk more about that later. But but um, <clears throat> I would say to to the, definitely the folks coming up that it's it's really hard to stay kind of PC um, because of things are, are shifting and changing and also you have to look at it from the perspective of even where you are so for instance you know in the united states you know person of color may be more acceptable than colored person which if you go maybe in south africa color person you know is accepted right which also means something different too so um it, it, i think it's just keeping up with 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 the with the DEI um, um, language and information and community, I think that would also help, but also know that things may shift and change. And also don't take things too personal um, as as you're um, figuring out like what is the right term, whether it's BIPOC or POC or color person, um, because at some point at some time, each were acceptable.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that, Hollis, and I, I definitely uh, did not know about the South African and like if different meanings here and there. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, Mila, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, so I do echo Hollis's point about you know uh, how the terms are shifting and changing, right? But coming from a global lens, because I, I, I have spent um, time living in different parts of the world and growing up in different parts of the world, um, and then coming to the U.S., it's a different lens that I see. But that is, like, to Hollis's point, South Africans do identify as colour, right? Because there is a whole sense of community, you know, being identified as colour. When I talk about identity, it's very synonymous to the pronouns that we use, right? Some of us identify as he, uh, his, and some of us she, her, and some of us they, them, right? And I think it's very important to understand the context before saying this is right or this is wrong. That there's history behind why people use people of colour within the United States because of history. But at the same time, the United States is becoming more global. We are having more foreigners and immigrants coming over here where they do bring their identities with themselves. But growing up as... As a person of color, I always identify myself as colored person. Cool. But again, there's also a difference between identifying myself as a colored person and even within the colored person spectrum, right? I was identified as a colored person of color. When we talk about colorism, right, um, there are nuances behind it. But again, it's being politically correct, I think it should be more about heart mindful, right? Being more mindful about how a person wants to be identified, being more mindful of and respectful of how a person has experienced the art experience and how they identify with certain lingos and words that we use.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, very, very powerful stuff. So I'm very excited to get into the, the, the next question here. Uh, which is, do you think these terms, BIPOC, person of color, color person, do you think these terms encompass people's lived experiences or does it just end up um, excluding others and just boxing people into certain areas of life?
1: What are Mm -hmm. your thoughts? I mean, I believe that it's lived experience. Um, If you look at the history, right? So let's look at people of color for the moment. The people of color became popular in the 90s, 90s and 2000s, um, early 2000s. And And the reason why that, was going on is because of the term multiculturalism was the popular term as well. It wasn't diversity. We weren't celebrating differences. We were celebrating cultures um, and not also in inclusion. So, if you really look at the the what was going on in history, I think that's that's what what um, we should look at. So, for me, um, you know, I I grew up in the in the '90s, really. So, so for me, I feel comfortable with the term um, people of color, right? And that's because that's what I identify as, and that's what I am, you know, proud to be. And, you know, if you look at what was the term before that, and if I look at it more in, 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 the, in, in the space of, like, African-American, right? So African-American, so I'm not generalizing it now, I'm not I'm really kind of focusing on a particular group, right? So. African American was was popular in the in the 80s, right? Even before that, in the in the 70s, it was Negro. Right. And actually, even before that. And then, you know, so what I'm saying here is it's really about the lived experience. And, and if I speak to someone who may be a generation um, before me, they may say, Well, I prefer to be called this, like black American, um, because this is what I identify as versus Person of color, um, so it really is about lived experience. What I I think I find.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for sharing, Mila. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Yeah, um, again, I have to echo this. It is a type very deeply lived experience. When I say lived experience, um, not just not just how a person um, is is made to think, right? Like Like in schools, we are kind of like programmed to think a certain way, kind of programmed to adopt different identities. Um, To Hollis's point, you know, the lived experience expands to how we grew up. How did we experience it? What kind of emotions provoked certain aspects, right? When certain words were used. Um, Until like before moving to the US, I didn't know that colour was a bad term to be used. Right. But at the same time, I've spoken with a lot of people of colour where they do identify as coloured within the United States based on their lived experience, based on where they grew up, based on where they come from. Right. So um, I don't take offence when people say, oh, you're coloured, but there's always a tone, right, a tone, um, the kind of condescending tone that someone uses or the kind of behaviour like Covid. Because when we talk about racism, when we talk about prejudice treatments, there are overt and covert treatments. And those covert treatments are hard to pinpoint, but you know it is happening. So when I moved to the US, I, I saw a lot of uh, covert um, mistreatments as to people with, with like, blatantly <laughs> treating me as they on um, colored person where i don't have privilege i don't have a voice i can't speak up i can't do a lot of things right and these examples come in the form of not giving me opportunities or giving me opportunities but pushing back gatekeeping policies right and you can always see the vast difference between a person who are labeled as colored and a person of color who has privilege so Mm. to circle back to your question you know it it comes through lived experiences um and also how you have taken that lift experience and shifted it um to to become i wouldn't say current to become more positive right and to become more empowering because when we talk about currency everyone wants to jump on the bandwagon of oh this is current this is trending but not understand the context behind it but from my point of view, it's lived real
1: experience. Yeah, Mila, if if I don't if I could add um, and I'm glad that you you said that about just emotion and what what kind of emotion it evokes, and also being proud, right? And if I look at just uh, again just personally for me, I um the, again the term um again in the 80s 90s or, was also popular with minorities, and. I despise that term. I mean, it's used today still. And I despise it because it, for me, it means less than. Now, I understand the concept or context, excuse me, of, of, of why it's there because of, you know, there's the larger group and then you have a smaller group. But for me, again, it brings up so much emotion of like being less than. So I, I you know, am proud to call myself a person of color. I'm proud to be, you know, and celebrate being non-white. So just want to just add that about emotion and and be in pride, you know, around that too.
2: No, that's a really good point. I want to add one more thing. (laughs) No, it reminds me of the time where, you know, I was in university and I, you know, like I was different looking than my other other classmates, right, who were white. And this guy, I do not know if he was a professor until this day, I don't know who he is. He comes to me and says, You should join the international club because that's where you belong.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
2: And just based on how I look, like I and I asked him the question, why do you say that I belong over there? And he said, color, because you're colored. And the way he said it and the emotions that were trigger was not a positive one
1: right.
2: yeah and no I, I i hear you the kind of emotions that triggers you because of the tone that was used but when someone says you know hey you know do you want to join this group because of which whichever way that you identify as like asking and respecting and giving them the opportunity to have that sense of belonging in as to how they want to belong to but yeah, I, I like the point that you brought up, Hollis.
0: Power, powerful stuff. So thank you so much for sharing and especially looking at the historical context, the context of emotion and, and tone behind everything is so, so very important. So thank you again. Um, so this leads me to my last question about this. And you know, growing up, again, I've been told that saying "color person, colored, it's bad. It's bad. No, no matter what your intention is, it's bad. Just don't say it whatsoever. And because this can be very confusing, my question for you is: What should people do if they either don't know what term to use, or if they end up mislabeling
1: others? Just ask. You know, ask the person. You know what they want to be called. Mm. Um, it, I mean, it's there is a lot of confusion because there's so much history, and we just spoke about lived and experience, or lived experience. So therefore, a person may be like their preference might be person of color or POC or colored person or um, you know uh, you know African American or Black American or Afri- I mean we can, and, and there's so many different terms right so and 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 know that you know you know there's not or right or wrong. And, and just know that they don't say like, you know, I'm scared to ask because I'm, I think I'm gonna be wrong or I'm gonna you know be on un, PC if I don't ask, you know, uh, if, or if I make the wrong uh, assumptions. So that's why I say, just ask the person um, because it just, it it takes it off of you and actually gives that person the power. It's really about that person, it's not about you. So know that it's not about you and what, what should I call the person, whatever the case may be. No, it's like, give them the power and they want to be called what they want to be called. I love that. Okay. Thank you,
2: Alice. Mila. Yeah, I I echo what Hollis said. It's about asking, right? And to add to that point, asking and understanding and respecting. We can ask. Um, so I've seen this. I've seen this at, at with the organisations I work with. You know. It shouldn't be a lip service as to oh let me ask you and then go back to the behaviors right not really giving that respect and and that empathy and the love and and understanding behind it always understand and not go back to the default mindset or de- default as to what you know and what you want to call someone else right and that always goes back to to the privilege and um, Asking, understanding, respecting is so important because you're also in with that behavior, asking, respecting and empowering. You're giving them a voice. You're eliminating all these nuances of a negative connotations to Hollis's point. Right. The negative connotations that these terms carry minority groups, palette groups. Right. Like ask, understand and then respect. That's what would really empower us as a community to understand.
1: I love that, ask, understand, respect.
0: <laughs> yeah, powerful stuff. So again, thank you both so much for, for sharing. And I think as allies as, as advocates, uh, taking the time and being intentional about ways we can amplify other voices. Um, and I think something as simple as asking is so very impactful. So thank you so much for sharing. Um, all right, everybody, that's really all the time that we have for this episode, but that doesn't mean that this conversation should stop. We highly encourage you to continue to have this conversation, to find other conversations that we've talked about already, or other uh, important issues that you would like to discuss. We welcome and invite all to be a part of this conversation because this is where we have real vulnerable conversations. Uh, for our guest, Hollis, Mueller, if our listeners wanted to connect with you outside of this call, how can they do so?
1: Sure. So they could uh, reach me on uh, LinkedIn or um, Twitter, Facebook, as well as Instagram um, by the handle Hollis Cam. Thank you. Eddie. Thank you. Mila, what about you?
2: Um, you can connect me with me on Twitter. Well, I'm most active on Twitter, uh, Mila Dishon, or on LinkedIn, Mila Dishon.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And again, we highly encourage our listeners to connect because this is what That's why we're here we're here as a community we're here to dialogue we're here to talk about how we can humanize all of this and make sure that we are being intentional about creating uh, a community and and just being there shoulder to shoulder uh, through all of these tough times and if you wanted to connect with our chapter of course the dc chapter uh you can find us on linkedin on facebook and on instagram and twitter as well just search for nap DC, and if you have suggestions for future topics, uh, issues you would like to uh, for us to discuss, or just be a part of this conversation, please reach out. We we highly encourage it. Um, and before before I get into the wrapping up of this call, um, again, just with all the recent news, with everything that's happened on Tuesday, all the pain, all the hurt, I know that many of our listeners, if not all of our listeners, are searching for resources, ways to cope, ways to help. to take action. Um, So uh Hollis and and Mila, do you have any resources that you could share with
1: our listeners? I would say first first I would just say check in with yourself Mm. and actually take a breath and breathe for a moment. Um, You know this is this this is this is trauma. Right? Um, So breathe, check in with yourself, check in with others, have conversations. Like as we continue to have conversations, I think that's what helps heal um and check in and be an ally you know as well. so check in um, with others and see how they are feeling as well. Yeah, um, I know Mila, I know you you know a resource that you could share. Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, thank you for sharing <laughs> um, One the things I would also add would be uh, like Holly said, check in with each other yeah, because giving that emotional support, means a lot when someone is undergoing trauma, uh-huh. right? Um, and, and be I always encourage this. I always say this, be an ally and then move into becoming a success partner.
0: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, and really saying, how can I be here for you? What can I do to help you? What can I do to help your family? Because when we look at a person who's impacted, they are just not alone, right? It's a ripple effect. When we throw a string inside the water, that are ripples. All those ripples are their families, their friends, their community. If one person is impacted, perhaps they are the only person who is the brave runner. It impacts them in multitudes. So ask those questions, how can I be here for you? What can I do for you? Even if you're pushed away, don't take it personally. Because sometimes when people are handling trauma, it becomes dark, but stay with them and and be there for them. And another resource that you can refer to is stopaapihate.org, there are more resources over
0: there. Thank you, and thank you both so very much for joining us today. Um, and for sharing your experiences sharing your personal stories sharing your thoughts and opinions on this and of course the resources and knowledge that you have on this so so very empowering empowering um, so of course our next episode is on March 26th that's 2 2/6. 6 that's a Friday at 7 p.m eastern time and we'll be discussing cancel culture with transgender women mm-hmm. and to all of our listeners out there to our guests again thank you all so much for joining us for tuning in much love to you all stay safe and we'll see you next time Thank you.